are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Monday show for you. We're going to go over the picks from this past weekend. Not a great college day, a great NFL day, though. Almost an undefeated day. We're going to talk about the games in college, the storylines in college football. The week upcoming, we'll look at all week long because we got seven top 25 games after having zero this past weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about Alabama's problems. Right now, who's the front runner for the Heisman? Like it even matters. A lot of big favorites in college didn't really put out much of an effort, did not cover, should have seen that coming. And we'll talk some NFL, Minnesota Vikings regressing to the mean as expected. And Aaron Rodgers is batshit crazy if he thinks he's any way, in any way, shape, or form going to possibly play this season. Come on now. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's start out in college. Not a great week, picks-wise. However, I have moved to 3-0 and on the season on my college football best bets. Easiest winner for you, LSU minus 9.5. Within the first quarter, you knew that Mississippi State could not hang with LSU, offensively or defensively. So I'm now 3-0 and on my best bets in college football, so I'm proud of that. The other picks did not do so well. In my picks, I did uh, Troy. Lost by two, laying two and a half. Kansas State lost by a field goal, a 61-yard field goal at the buzzer. So I was I was right there. I was on two games that were, were close. I, I, at least I didn't get blown out on those. The UAB-Louisiana Lafayette game somehow went over. And, I, you know, we'll take the W there. So I went one and two on those three picks. But that game shouldn't have gone over. There was no scoring in the first quarter. And then there was a delay because of weather. And UAB scored two touchdowns in the last four and a half minutes of the game to go over. And it went over because they got a two-point conversion on their second touchdown, 41-21, or else it would have been 41-19 and a push. But we'll take the W. And went one and two there. My dog plays were dog shit. Virginia Tech is absolute dog mess. They're terrible. They didn't cover the seven. Charlotte did not cover the eight. Just two bad picks there. I... I told you going into this week, I hate the fact that I even went down to two dog plays. I hated looking ahead to this week. There's like I already see like five or six games where there's a seven point spread in college football. Like those are the give me the games I'm going to be looking at for my underdog plays. But yeah, so now we're five and three on the season on underdog plays and three and five on money line. But we're still plus one point two units because we only lost two units this week, Virginia Tech and Charlotte. The one that I'm really disappointed in is my three-team 10-point teaser in college. I don't know where. I Akron covered. Uh, they only lost by 28. They were getting 35-and-a-half. Arizona was an easy cover over UTEP. They won by 21, laying the 7-and-a-half on the tees. I shouldn't have thrown Arkansas in that. I don't know what I was thinking. I know that they were at home, and all they had to do was basically beat BYU. But BYU, I should have remembered last year. I even talked about it. BYU had revenge, and Arkansas went into BYU and thumped them last year, 52-35. And, you know, to come back and play the team that beat you on your home field last year, I I should have thought it was a possibility that BYU could have won that game. There were so many other good games out there that I could have easily teased up or teased down. That's my bad. So we're 2-2 now on three-team 10-point teasers, 2-5 overall 
in college football on Saturday. So not thrilled, but not bad for 16, 8, and 1 in college football. I mean, we're not going to complain through three weeks. We're hitting 66%, and you're just not going to get that uh, with a lot of handicappers. And the whole goal is to, you know, not have an O for week, kind of stick there around, you know, I'm usually giving you between six and eight picks a week. Two and five is not good. But after going six and six, one and one last week and seven and two the week before, you know, kind of came back to the pack a little bit. And, you know, I knew it was coming. I never know when it's coming. I'm not trying to lose, but you got to look at it bigger picture. Overall, 16, eight and one in college football. So 66%. If I can keep that up for a season, that's excellent. Now, some things in college football that I saw over the weekend, Alabama's in some serious trouble. You know how the saying goes, and we've talked about it here on this podcast, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks? Well, in Alabama's case, they've got three quarterbacks, which means they have no quarterbacks. Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, and Jalen Milrow, I, I don't know what to make of any of these guys. None of them are any good. And not only that, you know, I can sit here and blame the quarterbacks. They haven't played great. Maybe they're going to get better as the season goes on. But when I'm watching Alabama struggle, struggle in the trenches with South fucking Florida, and don't give me this stuff about the weather. South Florida had to play in the weather too. Alabama can't protect their quarterback, whoever it is. They can't keep him upright. So This is an Alabama team that won all those national titles with Nick Saban. They won it because they were so physically dominant in the trenches. They always had a dominant offensive line. They always had one or two guys going pro, first-round picks, and their defensive line was just a menace to teams. That's not the case anymore. I can't name one guy on that offensive or defensive line that's like, oh, wow, he's standing out. He's going to be the next whoever. So... That's where Alabama's problems lie. Yes, quarterbacks aren't great. They don't have the receivers that they did in the past, like the Jerry Judys, the Devontae Smiths, all those guys that killed it for Alabama. Amari Cooper. I mean, there's so many receivers, and they don't have any guys that really stick out to me now either. I think I don't want to say they're an average team because average means 6-6, six and six, but I think they're headed for a 3- or 4-loss season. And I think – Loss number two could easily come this Saturday. Now, at home to Ole Miss, you'd be like, wow, is Nick Saban really going to lose to back-to-back assistant coaches at home? Is he going to lose back-to-back home games? It doesn't bode well, but I've watched Alabama three times now this year. Throw away the Middle Tennessee State game. That doesn't count. I watched them play awful and get manhandled at the line of scrimmage by Texas and struggle with a South Florida team that's dog mess and beat them 17 to 3. I don't know what to make of this Alabama team, but they are they are not looking good. You can pretty much cross them off your list for a college football playoff spot. They're losing two or three games this year. And, you know, for me to hit my LSU under, I need two more losses by LSU. I assumed at the beginning of the season Alabama was going to get them later on in the season. I'm not so sure about that. LSU looks way better than Alabama. Have you seen what Michael Penix has done for the Washington Huskies in three games that he is quarterback this year? My gosh. Michael Penix. First game of the year against Boise State. 
29 of 40, 500 and 450 yards and five touchdowns. Second game against Tulsa, 28 of 38, 409 yards, three touchdowns. This past weekend on the road at Michigan State, 27 of 35, 473 yards, four touchdowns. The guy's got 12 touchdowns. He's completing 75% of his passes. I mean, he is on a roll. And right now, and it doesn't mean anything in week three, but right now, if I had to vote for the Heisman, he's my Heisman winner. I know a lot of you will say Shador Sanders, and he right now would be invited to New York if I were the committee, but it doesn't matter if I say he should be invited or he shouldn't be invited. It's week three. It doesn't matter. It doesn't at all. Me saying Michael Penix should be the Heisman winner right now, it doesn't matter. Michael Penix is going to have to have an 11-1 or 12-0 season, at worst 10-2, and and put up these numbers and somehow get to a playoff. That's probably how he's going to win a Heisman. You can say Shador Sanders belongs there, and based statistically so far, he probably does belong there. But I don't think anybody thinks that Colorado's going 10-2 and or 11-1 and this year. Their defense just isn't good enough. They can score with anybody, and they have the athletes to compete now in the Pac-12, but holy shit, their defense just is not good enough. Talk about the disrespect. 3-0. and They've already beaten TCU on the road as a 21-point underdog. This week at Autzen Stadium in Oregon, already Colorado's been installed as a 20-point underdog against Oregon. You know, only two top 25 teams lost this past weekend, and that was Kansas State losing on a 61-yard field goal as time ran out to Missouri and Tennessee losing at Florida. Well, Tennessee has now lost the last 10 times they've been to Gainesville, so I wouldn't really call that much of an upset. Plus, all the money was coming in on Florida, and they were four-point dogs at kickoff. It started the open the week. It opened at Tennessee minus six. So while they are, they were both road favorites that didn't win the game outright, but a lot of big favorites in college football and top 25 teams. I'm just looking at... I'm just talking about the top 25 teams that were double-digit favorites in week in week three. Not a lot of them covered. Georgia, 28-point favorites, one by 10 over South Carolina. Just a very uninspired effort. Michigan, one by 25 over Bowling Green, laying 40. Wasn't even close. Florida State, laying four touchdowns at Boston College, one by two. Didn't come close. Texas was laying 30 at home to Wyoming. They were up 10-7 at half, only one by 21. They didn't cover. Now, Ohio State did, Penn State did, Washington did, Notre Dame didn't cover. They were laying a lot, and they only won by uh, 24. I think they were laying 30-something against Central Michigan. Alabama laying 30 against South Florida. They didn't cover. Oregon covered. LSU was laying right under that 10. But Oregon State, they were laying 24-and-a-half. They only won by 17. Ole Miss covered. Colorado laying 23 against Colorado State. They won by eight. Oklahoma did cover. Duke did cover. Washington State covered. And Iowa covered. So a lot of big names didn't cover. But this week, like we said, we've got a just some absolutely great games. Florida State at Clemson. Colorado at Oregon. UCLA at Utah. Ole Miss at Alabama. You got Oregon State at Washington State. Ohio State at Notre Dame, Iowa at Penn State. I mean, those are some great, great games this week. I cannot wait 
to start looking at these and breaking these down. Early lines, like I said, Colorado's getting 20 at Oregon. Florida State's been installed as a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Clemson. Got to look at injuries there for Florida State because it might not look pretty for them. They have a couple injuries. Jordan Travis, the quarterback, a little bit dinged up. I need to know that he's 100% and ready to go. Uh, Alabama, seven-point favorite at home against Ole Miss. I'm probably staying away from that game. It's Ole Miss getting seven looks way too easy considering the way Alabama's looked for three weeks. Um, Washington State is a two-and-a-half-point home underdog to Oregon State. That might be tasty at, look, at least uh, to look at on a tease. Ohio State, three-point favorites at Notre Dame. That's going to be an interesting game. Iowa is a 14-point dog at Penn State. That might be uh, a bit much. Just just early thoughts on those games. But we'll, we'll break those games down as we move forward. But uh, let's start talking a little NFL now. So great day in the NFL yesterday. Five and one yesterday. And boy, I really wanted an undefeated yesterday. I wanted to be six and zero. Oh. Had a shot there at the end. We'll get we'll get to that in a second. Still one play for this week. Still outstanding, and that's Pittsburgh tonight. Buy them up to plus three, and uh, I got the Steelers tonight. So maybe get a six and one week after going two and three in week one. But at worst, we're going five and two, which is a great week. Hit my best bet in pro football. Seattle over forty seven and a half. That was over 40. That was over, I believe, in the first minute of the fourth quarter. You got to love betting overs and having the game already go over the total third quarter, early fourth, because it's just like, great, I got a win in the bank. Uh, The other picks I gave out, I gave out four. Kansas City minus three was a winner. Tennessee plus three, a winner. New England plus three. Man, that was tough last night. You see they're driving at the end of the game came up inches short on fourth down doesn't guarantee they're going to score but I will tell you this I really do think if New England gets a first down there and they end up scoring a touchdown they were going to go for two I don't think they were going to want to go to overtime with Miami because they know Miami is a better quick scoring offensive team and you watch the New England Patriots play they're very methodical on offense does Mac Brown I'm sorry does Mac Jones throw a pass over 10 yards ever maybe 15 It's just dink and dunk down the field. I just not good enough. They got a really, they have a solid defense. I'll give them that, but they are not good enough offensively, uh, and especially in the AFC East. Now with Aaron Rodgers gone, the Jets are basically just average. But to match up against Buffalo and Miami, you got to put up twenty-four to thirty points a game against those teams. And I just, they had three points at halftime. I mean, they they started to do better in the second half, and Mac Jones really found a rhythm. But his rhythm is completing 10-yard passes and the receiver, you know, going to the ground, a 10-yard slant. The tight end does a 10-yard curl. It's just their offense is so boring, and I just they're just not explosive. But I think if they get down and they score a touchdown to go, you know, to to make it 24-23, I think they were going to go for two. And for us, betters, On New England plus three, who cares if they get it or not? If they get it, they're up one. If they don't get it, they're down one, but they're getting three. So either way, we're good. If they got it and Miami somehow marched down the field and kicked a field goal and won by two, we're winners. So that one was a kick in the nuts. I really thought New England was going to score there. 
and they just came up short on that fourth down. So that was my only loss yesterday, 5-1. The underplay, Seattle. How about that? Not only did I have Seattle, what did I tell you all week? I said, I like Seattle and I like the over. I'm just deciding which one I want to use as my best bet um, because that was what I was deciding between. Do I use Seattle as my best bet um, or put them in just the picks? So I decided let's go with the over, which was an easy winner, and then Seattle, for the most part, was covering the whole game. I think at one point they were down 10, but you could see um, they were scoring at will and also hit on the money line. So we're now 2-0 and on our underplays in the NFL with three units on the money line as well. So that's good. And then the three-team 10-point teaser in the NFL, another one where it was just like it was really never in doubt. Buffalo won by 28 minus a half. You know, they were plus a half a point. Seattle over 37 and a half. There were 68 points scored in the game. And Tennessee plus 13. I mean, even if they would have given up a touchdown in overtime. Once that game went to overtime, you knew it was a winner. But that game was you know how you know it's a good bet if you take that line that we had, Tennessee plus 13, and at no point during the game were they ever down by more than 13. So that's how you know, solid pick. So we hit the three-team 10-point teaser in the NFL after losing last week, so we're 1-1 one one there. But 5-1 and one on the day. We got Pitt going tonight. Let's see if we can get a Steelers cover or even a Steeler out-white win and get to 6-1 and one in the NFL. But right now, if you add that up, you know, we were 16-8-1 uh, and one overall. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, 16, 8, and 1 if you combine college and pro, but then you add on the 5 and 1 yesterday. That's 21, 9, and 1. Again, we're sitting at 68% in your picks this year against the spread. You're not going to find many people, if any, that are hitting 68% this year, especially giving this many picks. I mean, if some people give you three picks a weekend and they go two out of three every weekend, they're hitting 66%. I'm giving you six to eight in college and usually five or six in pros. So right now, overall, we are 16, eight and one in college and seven and four in the NFL with Pitt going tonight. So it's been a great start to the season. I'm looking forward to it. best bets in college are three and zero. Our underdog plays in the NFL are two and zero. Both have won outright. Last week, if you remember, we had Cleveland uh, plus the two and a half beating Cincinnati. So uh, doing really well uh, in in certain ones, but uh, you know I don't re- I don't have a losing record. I don't think in any of them because I'm th- on NFL three team teasers one and one, college three team teasers two and two. Uh, the picks in col- excuse me the picks in college. I'm six three and one. The dogs in college, I'm five and three. I'm not under 500 in any of my breakdowns of my picks because, you know, in college and pro, I do a best bet, I give you other plays, I give you dogs to bet, and then I give you three-team 10-point teaser. So doing really well so far. You know, I'm probably going to talk a little bit more about the NFL in tomorrow's podcast, you know, what I saw this weekend. But if you're looking at tonight's game, and as a gambler, you know, sometimes you have to bet teams that stink and teams that you don't want to bet to win money. I have no real – obviously, I'm, I'm rooting for Pittsburgh tonight because they are my play. 
But, and by the way, the Pittsburgh Steelers have won 20 straight Monday night football home games. 20 in a row they've won at home. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but you could have said that after, you know, the seventh one. You could be like, wow, they've won seven Monday night football games in a row at home. And then you could have done that 12 more times. They have won 20 straight Monday night football home games. Outright. Not covering any spreads. Outright. So keep that in mind uh, for tonight's game. Coming off an embarrassing loss last week to the San Francisco 49ers. Are the Steelers going to start 0-2 and both of those losses be at home? They're home divisional dogs on Monday Night Football? That's kind of a system where normally you would just blindly take the underdogs. You would take Carolina tonight and you would take Pittsburgh because they are division home dogs playing on national television. It's just an automatic, you got to take the points. Home team getting points on national television. They don't want to look bad in front of their, you know, their home crowd. I'm not I don't really care much about the Saints Carolina game. I I'm not touching it. If you want to bet it, go ahead. I would lean toward I would honestly lean towards the Saints. I I still I understand the divisional home dog thing, but I've seen Carolina play now numerous times. I saw all their preseason games for whatever reason. I wanted to watch Bryce Young and then watch them last week in Atlanta. They're just they're not ready yet, you know? They're not ready yet. So Keep that in mind, but tonight I'm just on Pittsburgh, and that's it. Hopefully we get that W. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I saw in the NFL this past weekend. Just really quick, two things to hit on that I mentioned in the open. Remember how last year the Minnesota Vikings, it was just, this is ridiculous, because they were 11-0 and in games that were decided by one score? Well, looky here. What a surprise. We knew that wasn't going to last, and already two games into the 2023 season, the Minnesota Vikings are 0-2, and both games were one-score games. You have to know that stuff like that does not carry over to the next season. Doesn't mean they're not going to win any one-score games this year, but I bet you anything they will lose more than they win one-score games. And the other thing is that (laughs) I saw Aaron Rodgers say that He hasn't said, oh, I'm coming back this year, but he's talked about his doctors and his rehab process and the people that he works with, and he's not going to say no. Look, I just had Achilles surgery last August. You can't even put your foot down on the floor for three months. Now, yes, I understand he's got better rehab people than I do. He's got access to a doctor basically every single day. But I don't know if that this is an Achilles, a torn Achilles has always been a very long recovery injury. There's one guy I think that came back in six months in the NFL. Cam Akers did it somehow. I don't even know how that's possible considering what I just went through. Yes, I'm not a world class athlete, but just the way things go. From the time I had the surgery, I could not put my foot I I wasn't out of the I had my surgery August 10th I wasn't out of my boot until really mm, January 1st of this year so he he's got Aaron Rodgers has three months where he is not going to be able to move in terms of 
without any assistance, meaning a scooter or crutches, because his foot will be in a boot. Then the second that thing comes off, that's when you start physical therapy. I mean, I started, well, I started physical therapy in November. So August 10th, September 10th, October 10th, November 1st, two and a half months, which is what they told me. Two and a half to three months is when you can start your rehab. Well, if he, you know, you start, he, and he had his surgery a month after I did, basically. I had it August 10th. He basically had it September 11th, September 12th. So two and a half months from September 12th puts him at beginning of December before he gets his boot off and can start rehab. Now, I only went one hour a day, three days a week for two months. Maybe he does five hours a day every day. I don't know. Maybe that's why he thinks he can get back. But just after everything that I went through, I don't see any way that this guy could play. I mean, that's we, we just said he wouldn't even start rehab until beginning of December. The playoffs start the second week of January? Like, And you're going to tell me this guy's going to be able to run and plant? There's just no way. I know he's weird, and he can go smoke some ayahuasca or whatever he does. I just don't think there's any way this guy could play unless the Jets got to the Super Bowl. But then if you think about it, if the Jets got to the Super Bowl in the second week of February, that means that whoever's quarterbacking that team has been good enough all year to take them to the Super Bowl. Why would you then insert Aaron Rodgers into the first game of the year in the biggest game of the year. I, that just that makes no sense. So, again, I think he's crazy for thinking he's even remotely has a chance to come back and play this football season. But he's Aaron Rodgers. He can say whatever he wants. I just know what I went through, and there's just zero chance of that happening. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Tell your friends about it. We've got – 21-9-1 in the first three weeks of the season against the spread. Not too shabby. If I don't say so myself, let's try and get another one tonight. Let's go Steelers. Terrible towels. Wave them. Get them going. Pittsburgh, we need you tonight. You don't want to start the season 0-2. No, 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 no. Especially since the Pittsburgh Steelers are also one of my season win total overs this year. We need the Steelers over eight and a half wins. We don't need them starting eight and, uh, you know, zero and two. So anyway, let's go Steelers tonight and hopefully we can get that win. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.